Well, good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one or two of our Harvard Biz Review uh, business tips. We're also talking with Christina Sikiadis uh, on our Minute on Innovation. We're going to be looking at uh, KPIs and having KPIs to measure innovate, innovation. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Craig McGregor from the Hunter Recruitment Group about position descriptions. Good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Julian. How are you going today? I'm well. Thanks once again for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Glad to be here. Now, uh, position position, uh, position descriptions, job descriptions, position results descriptions, whatever you want to call them, yep. uh, s- seem to be a challenge for a lot of businesses, but they're pretty important, aren't they? Yeah, you're right. Some people, I think, they, they try and overthink them. Um, it's, a, it's a dynamic document that that helps you set the, I suppose, the process flow and helps management and staff understand, yeah, what are the key responsibilities and, and measurement components for, for each individual's jobs. So, uh, I mean, obviously the starting point of having a job description would be if, when you're thinking about employing someone. Yeah, that's right. So you can do that two ways. So, yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about employing someone and creating a job, you can create a new job description around the needs of that role. Or alternatively, um, we've had some fun with some organisations where we, we go in there and, and do a refresh on, on uh, job descriptions and we actually get engagement from staff to, to assist to write their current job descriptions. And, and if you do it in that fashion, I, I tend to find that you, you'll get more engagement and more, um, more buy-in from the, from the staff members as they create their own role descriptions with management's assistance. And, of course, you, as a manager, you uh, reduce your own workload. I mean, I know with some of the, my clients, uh, we've tried to get them to, to write job descriptions, and it's taken them years to do it because they haven't got the time. And, and I say to them, why don't you get your staff to do it? Yeah, for sure. And I was talking to you off air. We had some fun recently with a client who that they had. We kind of did an exercise where we got management to write the, the dot point job descriptions first on the whiteboard, and then in the afternoon session we got staff to do job descriptions, and they they, they weren't that aligned. They were no. they were fairly different. So um, it was a good fun exercise for I suppose management to really explore that job flow process, but also what each individual role really does. So, so what sort of information should we be putting in a job description? Yeah, look, for me, I, I like a, a motherhood or a position purpose statement. So give us a, a general motherhood idea or a statement around what, what the role, why the role exists and what the purpose of the role is. Um, key responsibilities, so that, I suppose, that old job description style of key dot points around, you know, what it is that the, the tasks that you have to achieve in the role. The most important point from that, though, is that most businesses miss is, is those KPIs or the measurable components. So for each of those responsibilities, we should be able to contribute to a measurable point and, and try and make it meaningful or tangible in terms of, you know, if it's an administration role, maybe we put in there a, you know, a, a data accuracy measurement point or having um, processes done by a certain point in time or allocating time to create, uh, to, to finish a process. So, so that we can then, in that performance management um, uh, process of our business, go back to people and they can really see that, yeah, I am hitting the targets that, that I have to hit in this role or we can change those targets as those targets change. But I think individuals like to know that they're working to yeah. the capacity that they're at to. But it's also good for management to understand in that job flow process or that the, the, the production process or whatever it is in your business that, hey, we've got measurable outcomes and we can reach those targets. So these sort of template ones or the generic ones really yeah. are, not, are not worth uh, a lot, are they? No, no. And I think the other things you'd want in a job description are, you know, what, what's the work experience or qualifications that are needed to, to handle that role and what are, the, what are the key skills? Are there tangible skills that, 
really needed or necessary to, to do this role. And if you think about what we've just described there, it really does describe a, a job ad. So mm. once you write a really good, simple uh, job description or position description, the next time if someone leaves that organisation and that role, you should have on file a, a, an almost a template for that job ad ready to go. Uh, you mentioned it was a living document. Do, do we change the, uh, the job position to suit the, uh, the individual? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that, that that's as dynamic or as, as your business moves, then, yeah, you, you would. Um, it's, it's like that whole chicken or the egg when you're recruiting. Do you recruit for the, the skills that are available or do you try and find the skills that you need and, and train someone up if they're missing a, a certain component of the job? So, yeah, most definitely. I think the most important part is to make them valid and, and, and relevant to the role that the person is doing and then have measurable data so those KPIs or those performance measurements so that the individual knows that they're working to what management want them to and same management can assess them um, based on that criteria. So it's the old days of writing a job description and putting them in a file somewhere and then they're just gathering dust, I think that's ineffective if you've yeah. got you know, dynamic job descriptions because everyone's business changes mm. and as your business changes and that job process changes or there's something new that comes into your market, you might actually take 20% of someone's job and move it to someone else's role, um, therefore both job descriptions change or if yeah, you're creating a new job and you're going to do some recruitment, you might say, well, you know what, Fred over there, we don't want him to do that component of the work or he doesn't really want to do that anymore and his skills are more aligned with we need him to do a little bit higher value stuff or we'll change his job description and add that other stuff into the new role. And uh, you've mentioned a few times we, we can create a job description for a new position. If we do it correctly, we've almost written our job ad, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the that's one of the things that I think a lot of people miss that get that right and you've got a really decent starting point to a, a job ad uh, for when you're recruiting. Now, last week when I was chatting with Christina, we were talking about innovation and how a lot of job descriptions are not very innovative and therefore, you know, they're pretty boring, boring and deadly and therefore people attracting the wrong people. Yeah, that's a really good point. When we talked about that off air, uh, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people miss and, and, you know, he can get bogged down in doing, well, we've got to put in skills, we've got to put in position, um, performance measurements and qualifications. But, yeah, if you can... If you can some way segue into or into the position description some of that yeah, key innovation that you're looking for, some of those values that, you know, those key things that your business does differently to your competitors and how you can put that into your job description as a fun or as an innovative or as a, a different slant, yeah, absolutely, you'll get, it's like the job your job advertising, you know, you, you throw a video onto a job ad, you get different applicants as yeah. opposed to the stock standard um, words only. So, it's yeah, it's a really interesting way and I know there's, you know, some of those innovative IT type companies, I'm sure they've evolved into, you know, video job descriptions or having um, you know, different marketplace job descriptions as opposed to our stock standard you know, documentation. Now, now you're the Vice President of the Maitland Chamber of Commerce and I believe they have their um, week monthly breakfast coming up next week. Next yeah, Thursday. that's correct. So thanks for allowing us to, to sort of talk about that. Yeah, we've got our, so we have a, a monthly meeting every uh, every month and so on the third Thursday of the month, which this month is the 19th, starts at 7am. Um, this month we're at the showground in Maitland. They're um, mm. launching the showground uh, grandstand restoration project. Mm. So we're, we're backing that as a chamber, so we're happy to have our meeting there. So it'll be a bit different to your usual um, in a you know a, a restaurant or a cafe or a, a event type hall, uh, it'll be out in sort of the, the under the um, 
grandstand there and talking about the, the wonderful venue at, at the showground. And our guest speaker is uh, Dr. Kylie Twyford, and she's from the uh, Work Integration and Learning uh, Department at the university. And she's going to talk about um, you know, work integrated learning and the benefit for business and uh, emerging talent in Australia and right. how um, business and the university can partner a little bit more in, in that sort of space. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Craig. We'll have a chat with you again another time. Cheers. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Craig McGregor there from the Hunter Recruitment Group, just helping us to understand those Job descriptions, position descriptions, yes. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's 24 minutes past one. Time to pop over to Christina Sikiotis for our discussion on innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Hi, Julian. What a good day it is. It's beautiful out there, although we, we can expect it to be cloudy and a bit of rain coming in tomorrow. Oh, okay, then I'll have to be back to washing today. That's what it says on my bit of paper in front of me. So that's uh, okay. Um, so we're going to we we, we well when we went to that uh, breakfast a few weeks ago, Business Review Weekly Breakfast. One of the uh, speakers talked about uh, having innovation KPIs. We thought yeah, we'd have a chat right. about them. Yep, sure, because sometimes people think innovation's a bit disorderly, especially if they've got everything lined up and, you know, there's the strategic plan aligns with the KPIs, aligns with the outputs, aligns with the marketing plan, etc. So some people can see innovation sometimes as a bit chaotic. Um, and often it doesn't turn out as you think. You know, often when you're innovating, you, you, you go off on different tangents or, and different developments happen, they lead to other, other developments. Uh, and it's not as easy to measure the output of innovation and creativity as it is with manufacturing, for example, where you can measure the product, the volume, the time it takes and the profit, etc. at the end of the day. But there are companies that have successfully harnessed the power of innovation and have reaped rewards. They've increased market share, they've got entry into new markets, etc. So there's lots of challenges around measuring innovation um, and we get that innovation is hard to measure and interpret and we get that it's hard to systematically obtain you know, credible data, say, to benchmark. Um, and it can be just as difficult to benchmark it internally and even more difficult to benchmark it externally with, with what other companies are doing as far as innovation goes. Um, sometimes it's really difficult to, to benchmark or to set KPIs if you're collaborating with other organisations. And let's face it, some of the best innovations at the moment are happening in collaboration with other mm. organisations. Yeah. But there are, some, there are some really simple things um, where innovation is measurable. It's not, it's not that hard to measure against simple, um, simple comparisons. So a good example um, I found is where a, a chemical company undertook a one-year innovation improvement program and they identified 10 initiatives that they had based on gaps in their R&D performance. So they'd, they'd done the research on their own research and development um, section and they'd identified 10 gaps. Now, unfortunately, this identified improvement potential wasn't transferred into actual business improvement because no resources were committed to turning the improvements that were identified into reality. So, in fact, they were able to benchmark the fact that, that these innovative processes would have led to improvements but they also were able to KPI the fact that nothing had improved because no resources were put into it. So I hope, I hope that was a, um, um, a thought process that you, could, that you mm. understood. Mm. There's also simple things like if you implemented a design, did it go forward? If, if an idea reached a concept stage, did it go forward? You know, so you can identify things that come out of strategic planning meetings mm. and identify their success rates at the end of the day. Mm. Did they reach profits? Was there an increase in market share? Did they get new customers? Were the new customer satisfaction surveys improved? 
because of the different processes that were put into place. Mm. So there are very easy ways and very easy KPIs you can set to measure your own innovative practices within your own organisation. And uh, I know that 3M many years ago, and I probably do still, uh, insisted that all employees spent 20% of their time on other projects unrelated to their job to, to try and get them to find uh, new things and that's one of one of the ways that the uh, the post-it note came from that's right and you yeah. know it, you can you can measure that 20 percent yeah and in terms of i mean it's really easy to measure in terms of x amount of people 20 percent of their time equals x amount of dollars what was the return on the post-its i mean let's mm. not even go there because it's huge you know? so, but the, there's a really nice comic going around at the moment um about innovation and it's a uh, two cavemen pushing a cart and someone in the background goes, look, I've, I've got wheels, I've got wheels, do you want to try them? And they go, we're too busy too busy to try new processes and too busy to innovate. So <laughs> I think that's really self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's what we're trying to fix with this, with the Ripple Effect program that, that the business centre's um, putting on as well, is just offering new ways um, of getting people into so a thinking think. space around innovation. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Okay, I look forward to it. Have Thank a good you. week. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiatis there with, yeah, we can measure innovation some way, so maybe that will improve our thought process. Time for our management tip of the day from the Harvard Business Review. And this one was a very interesting one. Learn what stress is trying to tell you. If stress is affecting your performance at work or hurting your relationships, change the way you think about it. Seeing stress as a signal instead of a threat can drive positive change. Ask yourself, what's causing this stress? Is it your colleagues? Take that as a signal to heal valuable relationships and rethink how you interact with others. If you're overwhelmed from a promotion or a new role, take a look at why. Are you struggling with delegating old tasks or accepting new ones? Use this as an opportunity to develop key strategic leadership skills. Reach beyond your comfort zone and embrace your new responsibilities. If the stress is simply due to a work crisis, recognise that these happen to everyone, apologise if necessary, and move forward. Well, thank you very much for your time for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've looked at the uh, very important value of position descriptions and job descriptions and why it's important to do them and also how we could perhaps measure innovation as a KPI. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to have a chat with Brett Gleeson from the um, Business Growth Centre. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and we'll look at some news and business, uh, business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for, the, for business and the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as someone once said, If you don't imagine, nothing ever happens at all.